We get to have a guest speaker this morning. Isn't that awesome? I know you love hearing from me, but I'm really excited to hear from Pastor Austin this morning. I got to serve uh, with his mom, uh, Nikki Simons-White, who's here to support him as well. I got to serve with his grandfather, John Simons. I didn't get to serve with his great-grandfather, but uh, there's a legacy here that's impacted many of us, and uh, Austin's such a great guy. The last time he was able to be here uh, was one of those times where you couldn't be in the room. There was just a very few of us behind some cameras, and so I knew in that moment I wanted to have him back, and when Kelsey and I were going through the line at Beulah for ordination day, and we were just kind of there. To, uh, to cheer you on. Uh, I, I knew that the, the soonest I could, I would ask him to come back. So I'm so glad that you, you came to speak here today. Uh, we're in this series called I Love My Church, and I, I know for certain that Austin feels that way about the church, the, the greater church. And so would you give a warm crosspoint welcome to Pastor Austin as he comes? Thanks for... Thank you so much. Well, listen, Crosspoint, I'm very excited to share. Uh, as Pastor John uh, mentioned, I've got a uh, rich history uh, here at Crosspoint Church. Uh, my grandfather, John Simons, was the pastor here. Uh, my great uncle was uh, the pastor here as well for a little while, Connor Simons. Uh, and then as well, my great grandfather, uh, Gordon Simons, uh, was the pastor way back when. So I'm super honored. Uh, this church has a very special place in my heart and uh, very, very thrilled and blessed to be able to be here with you uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 for our scripture today. And as you're flipping there a little bit about me, I'm the youth and young adult pastor at Moncton Wesleyan Church. Uh, I've been married for five years to my beautiful wife, Jess, up in the front. Uh, and we have a little hobby farm out in Shediac. So we've got about uh, 30 chickens and ducks, four pigs, multiple rabbits, two cats, one chinchilla. And if you think that's weird, you're absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Now, some people ask me, they're like, Austin, how did you end up with so many animals? And I tell them, well, well, listen, my wife has this affliction called baby fever at times. And the thing for me is I don't really want kids yet. So every time she wants kids, I just buy her more animals. And that uh, just delays things a little bit. So that's how we ended up having a hobby farm. We have uh, two acres in Shed just outside of Shediac on a little apple orchard. So we're very lucky to be out there. Our title for today is this, We Are Better together. We are better together. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them that? We are better together. We are better together. The social researcher Robert Putnam writes this. He says, the single most common finding from a half a century's research on life satisfaction is that happiness is best predicted by the breadth and depth of one's social connection, relationships. Our relational creator, made us relational creations. All of life is dependent on them. And if we fail in this area, if we fail here in the area of relationships, we fail everywhere. Romans 12.5 says, we are all one body in Christ and each of us needs 
all the others. God created us for relationships. It doesn't say that uh, each of us might need one another, not probably needs the others, but each of us needs the others. So we're going to see this in Acts chapter 2, but before we go there, let me go ahead and pray for us and pray over God's word. Father God, I thank you so much for this awesome opportunity to read your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this place. I thank you that we're able to gather here in freedom, that we're able to come together to worship you and to hear your word. So Lord, we know that as we open up your word, it is sharper than a double-edged sword, that it works in and through us, that it is truthful, that it never changes. And Lord, I thank you that uh, we get to be here in this place together. So Lord, as we learn about church, as we learn about community, be here with us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, hear the word of the Lord. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. How cool is it to hear about that in this Love Atlantic week? They had joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The truth is that being a part of a church a small group, a healthy group of Christian friends, that will be the key to your faith in the years to come. The big truth is that there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. There's no such thing as DIY Christianity and following Jesus. God created us for relationships. So what I want to do is I want to explore why is church important. Three reasons why church is important. Number one, it keeps me from becoming an island. It keeps me from becoming an island. Say that with me in three, two, one. It keeps me from becoming an island. I've never known anyone who was isolated, lonely, and unconnected, but yet had a meaningful and joy-filled life. Uh, this past summer, I preached at Caton's Island, and uh, that's a youth summer camp that the Wesleyan Church operates and owns. And there was about 150 teens there, about 50 staff, and it's this beautiful, awesome, fun island. But I can't imagine being there all by yourself. Being on that island all alone, empty. I've actually gone there with a friend. We kayaked over during the off-season, and there was nobody on the island. And all of a sudden, this joy-filled, awesome place was isolated, lonely, and you could tell that that's not the way that it was supposed to be. God's church stops you from being an island. In fact, when I think about an island, I think that that's a depiction of hell. An island, a place where you have everything you've ever wanted, but no one to share it with. Mark 8, 36 says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul. It makes no sense, but it happens all the time. People go through life all alone like an island. You and I were never meant to be in isolation. Isolation begins with the word ice, and I think that's because it's all you get, a cold, frozen 
wasteland. That's isolation. We see in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 in our passage, all the believers were together. They fellowshiped, they gathered, they prioritized church. That's why Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one. At the end of the day, God created us for relationship. In such an isolated world, my fear is that after these two years of COVID, where there was social distancing, where there was lockdowns, I hope that us as a church will remember that God created us for relationships. He created us for one another. Sidney Smith, an English clergyman, said, to love and to be loved is the greatest happiness in existence. Here's the truth. We live in an incredibly lonely world. Harvard did a recent study after the pandemic that shared that 36 of all North Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers of young children, feel serious loneliness. Serious loneliness. I think we would all agree that we live in a world that can be incredibly lonely, and God's answer to that is his church. It's a place like Crosspoint, where the staff here, Pastor John, is incredibly intentional about building a family-like environment here at Crosspoint Church. That is why church is important. It stops us from becoming an island. God created us for community. In a world where it seems like there's a loneliness epidemic, God created us for community. Number two, it keeps me from growing impotent. The definition of impotent is unable to take effective action, helpless or powerless. When we are living in isolation, it renders us powerless because we truly are better together. Acts chapter 2 verse 43 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They spent time growing. I love what Pastor Kenzie said, God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. In order to truly be a blessing, we have got to be plugged in and a part of the mission of the local church. I I love this quote that the local church is the hope of the world. When Jesus left this earth, he left a, a blueprint for us to find family in a local church congregation. That's why we have to prioritize church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because at the end of the day, God wants us to grow. He created us to grow, and he never wanted us to be sterile. He never wanted us to be all by ourselves. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says, God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth. And like I said earlier, there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. There's no such thing as DIY following Jesus. And the number one way that he grows us is through relationships. In fact, we can't grow by ourselves. Henry Cloud, who's a great preacher, says, God created us with a hunger for relationships. The soul cannot prosper without being connected to others. When we're isolated, it causes us to be impotent. I'm a rugby player, and about seven weeks ago, I actually fractured my wrist. Somebody tackled me, and I fell on it a little bit funny. So uh, I got a cast, and I just got it off this past Tuesday. So what that meant is for six weeks, I had to learn how to go through life with only one arm. And what I think life is like when we're all alone, when we're not connected to a church community, it's kind of like going through life with only one arm. 
It's like we're handicapped. It's like we aren't experiencing the fullness of life that God has for us. That's why we see in Acts chapter 2 that the early church, it says that they were gathering together every single day. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth. And the only way that we can do that is in a loving, incredible church community. I'm going to get the worship team to come up. And we're going to continue to worship. And this is my final point. Number three, it keeps me from being invisible. How many of you have ever visited an old place? Uh, Maybe it's a school or a workplace or an old house that you once lived in. And all of a sudden, this place that was once familiar where people knew you, it seems like you're invisible. It has radically changed. It doesn't serve the same purpose. The truth is that when we're not in community, when we're not a part of a church, when we don't have deep friendships and connections in church, we are invisible. Mother Teresa said this. She said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. When we don't have relationships, when we're not plugged in, it's the most terrible poverty that we can experience. What's incredible about Jesus is that he saw people. He sees each and every single one of you. He loves you. He cares for you. But the best way to experience God's love is through his church, is through people. When you go through the ups and downs of life, when things don't necessarily go how you're expecting them to go, God's people are there for you no matter what. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 says that they were enjoying the favor of all that God's people were gathering together. The Talmud, which is a Jewish holy book, says a man without a companion is like a left hand without the right. Ephesians 2.19 says we're a member of God's very own family and we belong in God's household with every other Christian. Over and over and over again, God's word, the Bible, says that we are like a family here in the church. Look at somebody and say, I belong here. Who doesn't love that? I belong here. I matter here. And the key is that true life happens in relationships. We need one another to grow. Ephesians 4.16 says, as each part does its work, it helps the other parts grow. And in a world that has social media, that it seems like we're more interconnected than ever, I think the truth is that social media only goes part of the way. Social media can't fill this gap of community, this need for community, this longing for relationship that we have in each and every single one of our lives, and that's why church is so critical. See, in and of itself, social media cannot fill the purpose and the plans that God has for us. But this verse goes on to say in Proverbs 18:24, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I've got three ideas for you to stay connected. As we talk about the fact that church stops you from being an island, it stops you from being impotent or powerless, and it keeps you from being invisible. Number one, I, I hope that you will join a small group. I hope that a small group discipleship will be a part of who you are. It'll be a part of your journey. It'll be a part of your weekly rhythm. 
Number two is I hope that you'll serve and give back to the church. I'm the youth pastor at Moncton Wesleyan, and every week we have 37 youth volunteers that pour into the next generation. And the beautiful thing about that is not only are they investing, not only are they serving, not only are they giving back, but it also provides a great opportunity for them to get to know people. Because again, God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to others. My third encouragement for you is to make sure that you've got deep connections at the church. Make sure that you're not running out the door. Make sure that you're connecting with new people here at Cross Point Church. Make sure that you are going down deep in your relationships and prioritizing uh, your friendships here at church. So remember, God created you for community, and God wants to bless you through his church. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you that you created us for community, that you don't want us to be alone, but you gave us a family of God that we can count on, that we can lean on, and that's with us through thick and thin. God, we thank you for your word, and we pray that we would walk out of here different. In your name, amen.